Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continue to dominate the mortgage market. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 Studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about. time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Hiya! Hey, y'all! <laughs> Welcome. All right, thanks to all the uh, the motor mouthers sticking around. We switch speeds a little bit. Talk about home loans. I don't know. You probably shouldn't do a home loan by yourself either. Um, not a great idea. <laughs> not a great yeah. idea. Might be kind of a train wreck. Could be right? a train wreck. Yeah. 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 You know, I could relate though. You know, like what he was talking about. I can, I can totally appreciate the idea of when you're trying to do the right thing for somebody. Yeah. And you want to do what's in their best interest and really help them, and then something else yeah. kind of comes undone with it right after, oh, and sure. how miserable that feeling is. Sure. But uh, yeah. Oh, I almost called in. I was <laughs> on my way down. I was listening to the show. Yeah. Well, and, you should uh, call in sometime. Well, here's here's my deal. Uh-huh. I call it the Grody curse. Okay, doesn't matter what it is on the car. Uh-huh. Something goes wrong. And by the way, I've rebuilt the top end of you know half a dozen motors or so. I've done motor swaps. Okay, used to be fair gearhead of sorts. I saw yeah. a pretty respectable tool chest in my garage, and okay. I like to spin wrenches. Yeah. Um, Every time I do it, I call it the Grody Curse. I could be like, all right, this is easy. Got to do an alternator switch. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, I'll break two other things on the job. Sure. And now it's turned into something bigger. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And now I am I got a bigger problem. And you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that that's the thing for me. I usually just end up now. It's like, you know yeah. what? Well, the car didn't really need that anyway. I should just, <laughs> get, I should just get help now before I break something else. Yeah. It's especially true on these new cars where, uh-huh. like my wife's car, if you pop the hood, you see this plastic. Oh, I know. Everything. You can't it's even insane. see the motor. You can't see it. There's, no, see there's no semblance of a motor in I here. Know. So I look at the thing like, okay, well, now I got to be a pro and popping body clips, right? But I'm a, I'm a lone guy. Yeah. And of course, I got, I have one of the little pullers, but they're not all the same kind of clip. Yeah. And usually you have to break the first one yeah. to know how the others are going to come out. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that then, was the most important one that you just broke, by the way. Well, of course, because you always start with the yeah. one that like holds this whole corner uh-huh. down. You never Why start do we with have the this one weird whistling sound that's in the, the middle now? of four of them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's how those clips work. Mechanics do that too, right? Yeah. Break the first one and then yeah. figure out the next ones, and then you sure. just have a box of. The they have the advantage clip. of having more. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have more. Oh, we could just replace that clip. Yeah. yeah. Oh, something to be said about having a pro. I'll tell you uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing for me with plumbing. Oh, it's no big deal. I do that. Next yeah. thing you know, I broke something else. Uh-huh. I'm cut something wrong. I'm heading back to the store three times. <sighs> Why do I That's that? how I know I'm doing plumbing. It's like four times to the store in one day. Oh, Jason decided to do some plumbing. There, Here he comes again at Miners or whatever, right? But you know what's sweet? <laughs> the plumber dude shows yeah. up and all the stuff's on his truck. 
So he fits it all. Uh-huh. If, he, if he breaks something or, sure. you know, whatever, it's all there. Yep. It's worth it, I think. Uh-huh. I think it's worth it. Have Hell a pro. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we see a little bit in home loans. I can't tell you how many times. I, this is one of my favorite calls. I get this one a lot. Some people are listening right now and go, oh, I did that. <laughs> uh, I get this one a lot. Um, I've been listening to your show for years, man. You guys are great. Such a good show. It's entertaining. I learned so much. So I'm in the middle of this loan with Quicken, and uh, yeah, <laughs> thought, oh, my my cousin's a part time loan officer, so yeah, or something like that, that. <laughs> right, right. And and then and this like and then there's just this train wreck, you know. The story ensues, and it's like, oh, okay. Problem number A. You should have just called me. You said you listen to the show. You like me. You need help. I, you know, ha- have credibility with you. And then there you went to Quicken, but okay. Cool. Um, you know, and we're, we were talking about that yesterday is how, um, the good LOs and the, you know, we're, we're all focused right now on, on refis. Of course, rates are down. It's time to do that. And there's a, when possible, there's a few strategies you can kick into place to get yourself an appraisal waiver. And, um, you know, oftentimes people just don't think about it. And I think that's the same thing. If you're punching your stuff in online or you're talking to somebody from Minnesota and, you know, well, what's your house worth? You know, well, it appraised for 672 years ago, so I'd say 790 now or whatever. Whatever you're – however you're getting there and you come off with some number, um, that sounds reasonable. Punch it in. No big deal. Get an appraisal, do the whole thing. I'm like, hang on. Those appraisals are kind of – you know, they're 500 bucks. They take 12 days right now. Uh, what if we just don't? We just call it worth the 670 that it was worth three years ago. It's what it's in the system at. The system's going to be really confident in that number, and we'll just skip all of that. And so it's just one of those things where when you do it day in and day out, you know the little tricks, put the thing together, save the money, save the headache of, of going through that process, you know? invariably do the appraisal and maybe it's the values there not the bigger concern but now dude came back and is like oh there's some peel and paint on the fascia and, and you're like yeah i was gonna tackle that you know in the fall when it's not so hot mm, sounds like you're tackling that right now the appraiser made issue of it and it is now a big deal and it may not have been a big deal if if that was avoided so oh <laughs> It's the little tricks. The little tricks. For example, I'm doing another loan for a guy, um, listener of the show. Can uh, I won't divulge his identity, obviously, but kind of say this dude's got f- like four jobs. Three of them are businesses he owns. Um, using businesses he owns term loosely, dude's filing three Schedule Cs for hobbies that are all over the board, and they're kind of a hot mess. This one makes two grand this year and loses six grand the next year. This one makes loses twenty grand and makes ten grand the next year. Um, we talked about it, and he when he filed his taxes this year, he was kind of looking at all three Schedule Cs globally, and just was like, "Well, as long as it comes out positive in the in the global calculation offset the you know the history of all three companies the other way, then it's good, right?" So he chooses to pile a little bit more income onto the attorney side here, right? And 
that was the one. Like so, the, anyhow, the way it all broke down, dude ends up with a qualified two thousand dollar loss on the thing, you know. But I'm looking at the whole thing and I'm like, man, what a mess! This is a mess, and we kind of worked on it, but obviously it wasn't clear enough because of the way he did it. Super smart guy. Um, but it comes back and I'm like, well, hang on, dude's got a W two job. So we do the qualify with your W-2 job anyway and amid all that. Don't get the tax returns. Don't do that on the 4506. Don't go down that road. Um, keep the deal together, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think somebody that doesn't know what they're doing is going to lump it all into the hat and not know that that was, you know, a possibility. Yeah. I saw I was working on a similar loan where a gentleman self-employed for a long time, but he kind of... His actual W two W two pay fluctuates from year to year. It, it's really subjective to him on how much he wants to take on salary versus how much sure. the corporation's going to profit. And you can get into this battle with the underwriter about this, and you can just just your borrower can just you you can ruin their experience by asking them for letters of explanation and sure. documentation and then, and then it let's turns rope out, in this let's rope in the cpa now right, too. Now let's let see. him tell us what's going on with your income for a 200 an hour fee and right yeah it gets crazy you can battle it out or it turns out uh your wife makes enough money to cancel or to qualify for this loan all by herself let's just not even look at your income yeah she's got a w-2 it's easy Path of least resistance. As I was just going to say, <laughs> when I was a kid, they called me lazy. <laughs> and I called it efficient. <laughs> path of least resistance, baby. I'm not doing more than I need to do. And I'm certainly not going to start doing things that I don't need to do that are going to lead me to doing more things. You know, we go through this a lot. Like sometimes I get borrowers that are like, start listing their assets on the application and have a good time. And here's my 401k and this is the cash value of my life insurance. And this is my savings. And you know, this is the emergency fund and here's my two checking accounts. And this one's the house operating account. And I'm like, timeout. I'm deleting all of that from the application. I'm not listing a single asset on your application because the program doesn't require them. We're just going to close without them. You're not bringing in cash to close. It's not a requirement. And even sometimes borrowers are a little bit like, well, mm-hmm. you know, I should I should have that on there, right? I don't want to look like I don't have money. And it's like, man, it's this is not a subjective thing. You're punching these boxes and you're qualifying, are you not? Just to voluntarily provide more information than what's required from you is going to lead to, okay, well, Dan, I, the cash value, or the surrender value of your life insurance policy needs you to get some terms for me from the life insurance company about what that looks like. And um, then you'd be going, I'm not going to do that anyway. We know. That's why we're just, let's skip that. Let's not put that in here. Let's save everyone the extra work. And really, underwriters, um, God love them, but they turn over rocks, man. And the more you give them, the more they look. And so it it really, it's it's a good thing to just package with a plan save yourself extra work and run that path of least resistance. So let's go the route where I'm not going to have to talk about this anymore. Well, I I mean, feedback from our underwriters, you know, we work right in the office with them and we talk about these things. Feedback from them is they appreciate that approach too. It makes their job easier. They don't have to review these extra documents. The loan already qualifies with the minimum that you're providing. So, 
why are you going to make their job harder too to have to go through and document? I mean, they don't want to go through things unnecessarily. So it's just a smarter way to, to right. go through a loan process. Plus with a borrower, I mean, we're always concerned about the borrower experience, um, which I think consumers would be concerned about their experience as well. Yeah. Once you get the loan process six months or 12 months or 18 months in the rearview mirror, you don't really remember all the details. You kind of remember, was it easy and did I get a good rate? And so if we can make ah. an easy experience, then <laughs> I'm gonna, it's great. I'm going to suggest that later it is, was I surprised <laughs> by anything? By anything. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's kind of how I run the the game for, for my desk is I, I learned over time. I've, I kind of feel this way in my life, too. I, I try to do this in general is... <clears throat> It's hard when somebody expects something of you and you don't know it, right? And so I learned that that I don't like disappointing people and I try really hard not to. And the bummer is when they have an expectation that you're unaware of and then you're being held accountable to something you didn't even know was an objective or important to this person. So I try really hard to set the expectations, to say, these are the goals. This is what we're going to accomplish. And, and this is what I want you to anticipate. And if you feel like we're missing any of these things, that's where we need to have real good communication. And if you set really clear expectations, it's easy to achieve them. And then it's also easier to have a real conversation about where if they come up with something else that they're disappointed in and it wasn't kind of part of the thing you know what I mean? It just makes it – it's a little bit easier. So I try to set really clear expectations about this is the deal. This is what's next. This is how it's going to go. These are the couple of possibilities, and we'll we'll keep working at it. And that way, um, everybody really knows – when I'm going to hear from you, what we're likely going to talk about, and you know what the what the hope of the you know what the outcome is hopefully going to be, and then it's super easy. The worst thing is people that are surprised. You know, it's like, well, I rounded up all the things: the tax returns, the pay stubs, the CPA letter, the business license, the bank statements, the social security card. I got the award letter from the pension. I got. My wife's disability letter. I got all the things. Took me three days and all the things. And then here you are 10 days later and you want more, you know, and that person's super bummed. But if you tell them on day one, hey, I'm going to do a really thorough job of, of kind of exhausting you to get so much things for me. And then my work's going to be graded basically by an underwriter who's going to come back and say, if there's anything I missed or something that needs to be clarified, some additional documentation need to come and they're going to tell me, I'm going to relay that to you. And so I, I think my goal is to get us through it in one pass, but don't be surprised if I call you next week for a couple more things. Cause then the next week is not, well, I did all these things and you want more and is next week going to lead to more. We don't have that. That whole thing was, that's all stopped because you expected that next week I was calling you and next week we were going to, you know, get to the next point. So it's a, it's just about setting expectations. That's one of the things that I really like. Um, when I was listening to motor mouths, I was thinking the same thing about the cars is like, you know what the bummer is about car maintenance, car breakdowns and all those kind of things is, uh, 
you're not expecting them. You're not necessarily ready for a fuel pump to go out. It's not necessarily in your budget. I mean, if you're a real good budgeter and you have extra income, you've got some savings and it doesn't knock you for a loop. But if you don't, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're just doing your best to stay off the credit cards and now all of a sudden now you have to do a fuel pump, um, man, how disappointing. You could have spent that $800 at Disneyland. Right. You think of all the fun things you could have done. Right? Yeah. (laughs) And it's just, it it just blindsides you. It's not an expectation. Um, And then, so I think a lot of people are just grumpy then with the mechanic. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, you did this to me. You know, and it's like, well, no, this is just the dude that's got the skills to fix you. He's going to get you back on the road. Just don't be grumpy, don't this guy. Don't upset him. <laughs> like, you know? Maybe the fact that your car has 150,000 miles on it or whatever, and you need a new fuel pump. Which, by but the you, way, is an insane. You know? yeah. Like, I think about that all the time. We're so used to cars should go for 200,000 miles. No yeah. problem. 300,000 miles. Yeah. Guys. Slow down. Think about that. Uh-huh. This is like stop and go in and out, door shut, key turn, gas pumping, explosion starting, <laughs> exhaust out the back. This is like 200,000 miles. I mean, what's it take to get us to New York today? 4,000? I'm just going to round way sure, up. Just say you take three. the scenic route. Yeah. <laughs> 4,000 miles? Yeah. Guys, 200,000 miles is a crazy amount of distance. It's pretty <laughs> baffling. These machines are wild. What's so, the yeah. distance to the moon? I forgot what the distance to the moon it's, is. <laughs> not taking yeah. a car there, I'll no, tell you that. No, no, you're well, not your point is well taken, yeah. though. I think even if it's, you know, obviously the mechanic didn't make the fuel pump go out, but no. you associate the experience with the yeah. person yeah, sure. or the company. And so it's important to well, try not, to provide yeah. good experiences. Well, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't human nature just have you needing to like have a, the whole, like you're, you're part of this whole association. And so I just, I'm going to direct this at you because I, they, the uh-huh. fuel pumps an inanimate object. It didn't make me feel any better. Be mad it's at kinda that like thing. blaming your daughter, doctor for that infection you got. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tried that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should, Jim, you should have had him put the gloves <laughs> on first. <laughs> Probably not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him to scrub in next time. Yeah, there it is. Oh, man. All right, yeah. we should take a break. It's a, it's a good time. It feels like the right spot. Yeah. Um, we're just getting started here on Mortgage Matters. We've got a whole whole couple of, well, hour and a half with you. Got us till Coming. 11. We've got some news to talk about. Talk about... Uh, Really exciting things, things things that you've been wanting to talk about all week long, like inverted yield curves. Oh, man, so much exciting stuff. It's going to be a great show. Stick around. We'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage I... Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Who's not on rhythm there? I don't know. You know <laughs> Jim's I, so happy it, he doesn't I know. I think it's Farrell that's not on, not on rhythm. Farrell? Uh, yeah, we'll call him Farrell today. It's all. It's Farrell. 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 Sorry. Farrell. Sorry, Farrell. When you played this song, I was like, Dan's going to correct me or Jim <laughs> saying the name wrong. Farrell. So I, I just was waiting. I knew you'd say it. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Farrell's like... You know, the cat with rabies. Whoa. <laughs> the wild cat. I was thinking of Will Feral. I had a feral cat once. Oh. Woo! Thing was crazy. Yeah. I, I think we cat. all had a feral cat once. <laughs> Bad cat. <laughs> Does that mean they have rabies? I thought no, it meant they it don't have an owner. Wild. They're wild. Yeah, they're, they're like yeah, born they in the fields or whatever. They 
Yeah, my uh, my cousin, shortly after graduating from Cal Poly, worked down in Santa Maria at a there was a factory down there that was producing airplane part interiors. And um, she was an engineer, Cal Poly, and kind of in that, had a a lean towards the aerospace industry. It was kind of what she wanted to do at the time. And she was working down there, and they had a field across the street from their warehouse, but they had these big doors, you know, big uh, bay doors open all day long. And uh, these cats would come in and hide in the shelving and all the parts and stuff. And she just is an animal lover. Um, and so she would like grab these little kittens, these little feral kittens, and she brought them home to her and her boyfriend's uh, two-bedroom apartment. Oh, yeah. And this was also the time when I was living with them because I was in transition from my house with five roommates in college when you to lived moving. In, when you lived in the closet? To, no, 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 no. From that house to getting my own you know, smaller home and slow, but I had like a month where I didn't have a place, so I had to... I was living with them for a while, brought all my stuff. Like we had one. You were feral. Yeah, I was. I was for a little <laughs> Just bit. Just Anyway, feral. <laughs> uh, we're digressing here. The point is, we had all these little feral kittens <laughs> running in the house, and we tried to go go pet them. They're so cute, you know. They're tiny little little kittens, and man, they would hiss and just make the angriest little noises at you. I mean, they'd try to attack you. And, you know, kittens, they have, like, these razor-sharp teeth and claws. They won't really hurt you necessarily. It's just kind of like little scratches. But, man, those things were trying to be so mean. Uh, We domesticated a couple. So I ended up having one, um, you know, for, you know, as long as it was alive until one day when I got dogs and it decided it was going to skip town. Um, it, it was not okay. I guess I needed to have a talk before I got the dogs with the cat, but the cat decided it's the dogs or me. And so the, the cat left. Packed the bags and And, left. You know, I waited for you to finish, but I just wanted to thank you for telling a story I could smell. In the beginning of that story, when you're like, there's a house full of feral cats running around. And I was like, yo, my, my in-laws. She kept three of those things. (laughs) <laughs> my in-laws have this like multi-story house. So it, I mean, it feels like it's. I mean, from the outside, it looks like the height of two and a half stories, but the inside has floors that are all like three to four foot above the next. You know what I mean? We, yeah, the split level. Yeah, there's a lot of them. You know, okay, kind of built into a hillside. But anyway, so there's this staircase that comes from the garage. It's not very well traveled unless you're using the garage, which isn't very well used. Uh, but yeah, you know, they had a couple cats, and those cats decided that that carpeted staircase was like <laughs> a great scratching the, post, the place to pee. <laughs> oh boy, isn't that the worst smell? Yeah. I called it uh, cat piss pass because you like got to hold your breath through like four corners of going up these like little five stair jaunts, but just awful. It smells yeah. so bad. And then the cats, of course, they have to mark their territory. And so this is my territory, not yours. Yeah. No, it was mine. I peed here first. And then they just yeah. continue. I, uh, at risk of alienating myself, I'm just not much of a cat person. Um, but I feel close to that now, though. I have this little miniature poodle that I think is the dog version of a cat. They <laughs> act a lot like a cat. They I agree. Come up and lay on your newspaper could care less about like physical attention uh you can call him and he'll just look at you and tilt his head and go eh, 
not interested. Pretty weird. Dude's <laughs> like a cat. Um, all right. This is a economics, mortgage, and real estate show. We just burned off like nine minutes talking about there you go. <laughs> cats. I'm ready to give you because a signal of, for the second break. Because, <laughs> because of feral. Um, wow. Well. I have a question for you. I'll take it. Is it possible to talk yourself into a recession? Oh, of course. <laughs> I think yeah. we're doing it. Isn't that the... Uh, the self-fulfilling prophecies. That's the Pygmalion, right? Is that what it is? No? no? Am I wrong? I'm going to look it up. Okay. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and here's the thing is we know that um, sentiment, you know... People just start kind of believing what they're told, don't they? You hear it in enough places. You hear it enough times. It starts to feel kind of like, well, maybe that's what's happening. And then the, you start to behave The sky is falling. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And then eventually it's like, well, we ought not go outside. Yeah. Better just stay in here. To, you know? If it's a recession, gosh, maybe I should uh, control my spending a little more. Maybe Dude. I should... Uh, so I'm hanging out. I was hanging out last night with a good friend of mine, um, Terry, who uh, smart guy, smart guy, uh, engineer. Um, was I don't want to say boasting, but was like pretty satisfied with the fact that like he had moved all of his um, IRA retirement stuff into cash, got it out of this crazy market. Like just yesterday? Uh, I'm not sure of the exact timing, but recently. Okay. He said more or less that uh, year to date. So first of all, whatever plan he's on, he said this was more or less the first year where he made money the way that it was allocated. Mm. And that year to date, it was plus like 11%. So he said, you know, I'm not greedy. And there's a lot of volatility and this, that, and the other. And I just am going to... I'm just going to sideline this money because I don't want to lose it. Like, huh? So we got in this whole conversation about that, you know, and, and this is a dude that uh, he reads a lot of stuff, but um, he's an engineer. He's pretty head down for a lot of hours a week. And, um, you know, I, I started telling him, you know, I, well, I kind of thought that too, you know, I mean, can we just be honest? Does everybody think about that stuff from time to time? Like when you saw the Dow at 27,000 and, and just you wonder? Yeah, I think a lot of people look back to the that 10 years ago, that recession, and think, gosh, if only I had done oh, X, Y, and Z. Could you imagine? And now as we're talking about recession, you remember back to that and you're like, well, I remember what I should have done back then. Maybe I should do that now. So, Right. Right, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna heed history's lesson. Yeah, that's I'm not, what history's I'm not gonna for, be the right? one today to make the same dumb mistake that everybody made. Right, I'm gonna learn from it. Last time I, you know, I, I recognized what it was like, and um, but anyhow, yeah, I think um, you know, one of the risks is I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Right, I feel like that's one of the ways I like to consume these different points of views. That long format podcast of of smart people. And one of the things I've come to realize is that those people read a lot, right? And so then they regurgitate the things they've read about these other people. And so, you know, maybe they've read a lot of different 
opinions or points of view about a specific topic or something. But and, and so they're able to sort of come up with their own kind of spin and adaptation of that thing. But um, many of them will pop. They'll name drop books and authors and, you know, things that just like, oh, look at me. I'm Mr. Academia. And I at some point I end up thinking it's like, well, are any of your thoughts your own? Um, and that's one of the things I think about this is like, man, like this dude, my buddy Terry, he's like, well, he's an engineer, you know? If you need somebody to build you a microcontroller and outsource it to um, Taiwan for manufacturing and make it faster and less power consuming and more compact and all this, this is your guy for sure. If you need somebody to offer you investment advice, that's a swing and a miss. You got to go find somebody that does this for a living. And, you know, but so like I was telling him, I was like, you know, I had. I, those feelings crept into me too. And so I did some of the things that I usually do um, and went to seek out some information about people. Like, And you can just Google, should I move my investments to cash? And um, kind of got to read it under the, the lens of um, these guys, most of them are investment advisors, right? And they're writing these pieces to try to quiet the nerves and and calm the anxiety of their investors that worry that, you know, if this is a right way to, to do it is to ride the wave to the top, sideline the money, wait for the correction, and jump back in. And this guy say, uh, if you had a crystal ball, that's absolutely the best thing to do, right? There's sure. no question. But um, the more I read, and this is kind of what I was telling Terry, is that I don't remember all the specific dates and times and, you know, kind of the facts involved in this. But the more I read was that how basically you can't time this. You you really aren't going to be good at it. And even if you catch one of them by dumb luck, you're certainly not going to nail it over your whole lifetime. And so if you get this one right but get the next one wrong, you're going to be in a similar spot. And, you know, that for him – at 40 years old, and this is the kind of thing I think the for other people is like, if you're on a budget today because you're retired and you're using those funds and the balance is sufficient to meet out the, the timeline that you need these monies for, um, and you worry that the principal could be at risk, um, maybe you could start to make the case of, changing to something that isn't going to be susceptible, right? And those are the ones you invested a lot more safely where the upside is significantly less, but the downside is too, right? But where you're 40 years old, do you care? You have 20 to 30 more years of this thing going up and down and sideways and all over the map, and it doesn't really matter to you. And you could, you could just skip all of that anxiety and all that everything and just don't open the statement just keep saving you know that's the thing all the old people in my life that i have ever heard from and know and love and respect that's all they ever say save money don't don't look at the statement when the earnings are down keep making your mortgage payment always invest in assets over the long haul over the lifetime that's the way to accumulate real wealth and you know Furthermore, again, absent of that crystal ball, how are you ever going to recognize the downturn, right? You're going to, it's going to drop 20% and you're going to go, ah, that was it. 
here I go. Flood my money in at the minus 20% mark, and then it goes down 10 more. Or it goes down 20%, and you go, sweet. And you come all the way back in at you know that point, and it goes up 5% and then drops 10 more. Now you have this whole thing about, oh, I was in on Tuesday, and I come out on Friday. Um, if you guys have been watching the Dow this week, um, not even this week, for the last two weeks, there was like 11 sessions in a row of a greater than 1% change in the value of the Dow, right? So 25,000, 1%, 250 points, crazy. Um, just radical volatility from morning to afternoon and everywhere in between. Uh, mortgage rates kind of doing the same thing. We have these alerts <laughs> that pop up on our yeah. phone and it's like plus 24 basis points, which by the way, is crazy huge movement. That is like, oh my gosh, that means run to a computer and get ready to lock. And if you try to, you could be in front of the computer and you then get the next one a second later, it says minus 15 basis points. Yeah. They were coming every 15 minutes. It was crazy this week. Well, when we were getting investor rate sheets that were like, this company's repricing for the better, and the next one, as we're trying to lock, is is locked us out because they're repricing for the worse. And just trying to stay on top of just this volatility. And that's the thing is it's just you're never going to time that perfectly. Um, but going back to your broader question is, can you will a recession? Um I mean, one of the things we know for sure is that the majority of the country's productive output is based on consumer spending. And if you're the headlines and the news and the sentiment and the water cooler talk and the everywhere you go, you got this dude moving to cash and that guy, you know, making this play. And this guy says, oh, I'm not even in that because that's gambling and that thing's crashing and you know, he's got all this noise coming from everywhere. You get all this static and feedback that's saying, it ain't good, guys. It ain't good. And then you start to go, you know, and this is, I think, especially true, like my buddy, the engineer, is, well, now you just became one of the echo chamber guys that's out mm -hmm. there telling people it ain't good. And you don't even know why, and you're getting this information third hand. But so then you tell your cubicle mate that it ain't good. And he's like, I didn't think it was good. But everybody's talking about it, and whether it's your coworkers, whether it's the, the, the news that you're getting in whatever form, everybody's talking about it. And on Friday, consumer sentiment was down more than expected, down six points. I don't, you know, I don't know how the point scale works, but it was down more than expected and a significant amount from the last reading. You know what's and so also it's starting to pull through to the consumer psyche. You know what's weird, though? This week, too? came out uh retail sales i know and that's what's crazy <laughs> is you have strong retail sales you have strong jobs you know i mean his close to historically low unemployment you've got wage growth that while it's not you know amazing electric wage growth it's better than it's been in a long time so you got all these positive things going on you've had 10 years of companies becoming more financially stable um Part due to regulation and part probably just licking wounds, but you've got all these good things that have happened and, and yet the consumer is now being influenced by all the talk and, you know, it's, it's just pretty interesting to watch this unfold. And now we're seeing a lot of volatility in markets. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we haven't even 
talked about this inverted yield curve today anyway. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but we actually saw a major event this week uh, that we haven't seen in, since 2007. Um, so maybe when we come back, we can talk about that a little bit. It's time for a commercial break. Um, we have sponsors that help make this show possible, so we're going to give them their time, and we'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Fairy tales, meant for someone else but not for me. Uh, 
All right, welcome back. Um, do you ever wonder, like in in terms of how sentiment can be begged in one direction or another? Um, you remember when we were going through the recession? I mean, the the show was new. Mortgage Matters was new, and. I remember we like pulled this article was a financial article where they consulted some psychologists and they said something like 70 or 80% of people is like more than the simple majority of people just expect what's currently happening to continue. And that's one of the weird things I think about this is like, so then when you had, and they were sort of using that argument for why, you know, we're in the nosedive and we're just, we're going to keep in the nosedive because it's just human nature to believe that, that your current circumstances are just going to remain. And I, I look at that now and I wonder, you know, how true is that? Because. It, it does still – I'm still of the mindset that the economy has been pretty strong. Um, this week you saw Trump, President Trump, um, you know, he was at, at the Twitter box again. And um, what do you call – what do you call Fed Chair Powell? Did you give him a nickname? Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was more of just a use of an adjective. It wasn't capitalized. Um, <laughs> it wasn't capitalized. But it was like, I think he called him Clueless J. Powell. This was the guy he picked for Fed Chair, right? Wow. Damn. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I th- obviously there's you know a lot of criticism from the president towards the Fed Chair and the Fed policy. But he is talking about how... The economy's just so strong, and it just would have been stronger if these knuckleheads didn't, you know, raise rates and throw the wet blanket on and all. And then also their quantitative easing was ridiculous. And um, oh, he calls it quantitative tightening. <laughs> quantitative tightening. Um, well, the, quantitative tightening just with rate hikes, right? Is yeah. That- well, and the not reinvesting the runoff of the the. Treasury and mortgage-backed securities that they were doing for a while. But so anyways, Trump's really making the case the economy's been hot. Yeah, he called him clueless Jay Powell. I, I pulled it up. It's that, so unnecessary. But anyhow, um, you go, like, add up all the parts of the economy. I mean, unemployment rate, crazy low, right? Yeah. Age growth, pretty decent. Inflation, um, muted, muted, <laughs> subdued. Yeah. Um, not terrible. It's not a bad thing. No. It's just subdued. It's muted. It's not, it's not causing us concern or worry in one direction or another. Um, housing numbers. Uh, if you're, if you're a, a wannabe buyer, it's out of your budget and feels daunting and all that stuff. But if you're a homeowner, uh, pretty stoked with your current position mm-hmm. and uh, just hoping to see more of the same. And, you know, but so you like run and grab it. What's the number you want to take They're They've been for a pretty good while here. They're, they're uh, pretty solid, you know, 
Um, and it seems like the conjecture and the fighting and some of the global stuff and other little pressures have caused this, like the bond issues that we're seeing, um, which by the way, mortgage rates just haven't chased those bond yields down the way that, um, they generally do, or the way that we expected them to, or that the way that people consumers expected them to, but altogether though, I look at the, the whole big picture and, um, I've, I've long wondered why it feels like most of the, you know, the, the news sources choose to color these headlines in a negative way and cover, um, it's like, it's almost like we're just at this constant game of people want to predict the downturn and want to be the first to say it, you know? And I just, I look at the whole thing and I'm just not perfectly convinced that it's now, um, I don't, I mean, a couple, I, I don't see the news sources necessarily coloring these stories any particular way or the other. I see them reporting what economists are, are talking about, which is the, this inverted yield curve is an indicator. And the last sure. five recessions were preceded by a 10 year, treasury yield falling below a two-year treasury yield that sure. that is the big inversion that they're watching for and that's what happened midweek this week yeah um and there's obviously been other pressures but i think it's a lot of it's come globally um and and there's been as that those yields have the the spread between them has narrowed the talk has picked up um so i don't know that there's you know, and, and then you've also well, you're hearing it from the administration as well. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of one of the things that always bothers me. This one really bothers me is like home price appreciation, right? When we get existing home sales and the appreciation rate appreciation rate for the month is two point nine percent or three point five percent or four percent, whatever it is, they'll look at what it was the previous month and the year over year. And the headline will then come out and be like, you know, home prices, um, appreciation is slowing, showing signs of a softening housing economy. I agree that headlines are sensationalized, but they're sensationalized for the better and for the worse, depending on... I just don't see a lot of the better lately. Well, lately, because there's not anything to sensationalize that way. What what do you want to... I mean, we've already talked about... Whenever the unemployment rates come out, you get you get the talk that way. I think I I see it both ways. Um, so what I'm frustrated with is it it seems like this criticism of the Fed is um it has to do with the timing of this particular economic cycle. You know, we've we've gone on 10 years of an improving economy and it's great, but all good things have to come to an end. You look back at history, we've never seen um, an indefinite uh, economic boom. It just doesn't happen, right? It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, and that's and the cycle's going to repeat. And I'm does it have to? I, spoiler does alert, it have here, to? spoiler alert, it's probably going to keep going on like that in the future. Um, we're nearing, you know, the 
the home stretch, I guess, if you will. It, it seems like the home stretch becomes longer and longer every election cycle. But we're nearing, you know, the home stretch of the the big general election cycle where Trump's up for re-election. And having an economy that's starting to slow or even, you know, considered to be in a recession is not all it's not good. You know, no no one wants that occurring at the time of their re-election. So you want to start to influence the Fed you know, to help you keep things just keep keep this going for another 12 months. And then it can we can have a recession and it's okay. So there's there's some political gameplay going on with the rhetoric, but you know, can you really say that the Fed's done a poor job of navigating this mm. crazy downturn from ten years ago and all the way up through the recovery? I mean, rates are still below well below historical norms in fact they're near the historical lows i want to go on record here by saying because i believe we're going to do this show for years to come we're going to have these conversations later and i'm going to go on record here by saying like do you say do you think the fed's done a good job i'm going to tell you that the first nah, not the first thing the most recent thing i think the feds really got wrong is the management right now of cutting rates and um, wanting to s- deploy these tools to to breathe that breath of life and to try to, you know, I- I'm not even willing to say that this economy's dying, but we're like, we got the crash card out and we're already got it on oxygen. And I'm going, man, I, I get that you want to be in front of it. One of those biggest criticisms, I mean, the Fed was created like after Black Friday, right? Um, that's where the origin begins somewhere. Well, the idea though, that some of these things and policies should be anticipated and managed and then tools deployed to try to correct the, the economy where it's, where it's getting out of its lane, right? It's getting too far to this way, too far to that way. Let's use these tools to push it one way or the other. And right now it seems like it's moving from that to, one of my gripes about just kind of human nature today is um, we just want it now. And we have no time for any sort of delayed gratification. We we won't. Well, uh, I, uh, yeah, that's a good analogy. I was going to say how how we parent today, how a lot of people parent where instead of just letting your kid fall or whatever, now we're putting like bubble wrap on the corners of the furniture and stuff. It's like sometimes your kid's going to run into the corner and get a black eye sometimes you need to take your lumps it helps you learn a lesson sometimes it's just part of life and it feels like we're trying to avoid any pain whatsoever economically here by preemptively cutting rates for an economy that's still kind of doing all right you know what i'm saying but and if it (laughs) and if it proves not to though in spite of you know clueless powell here Leads us into this recession with a 0% interest rate. Guess what's going to happen, y'all? We're going to have negative interest rates to try to bring us out of it next go right. around. Is that what and we want? And we've not had to do that before. So I, I I feel like that's the potential mismanagement. That's one of the things that freaks me out well, a little bit. Well, you would be is, clueless, Jason, then. I am. <laughs> um, 
And I, I think he's clueless Trump too yeah, on the right. topic. Is that you know we're we'll all agree to be clueless together. It's just a great big experiment, and we're all just going to be part of the the outcome, whatever it is, good or bad. All right, well, break time, top of the hour, five minute break. We're going to go get fresh coffee and rest our voices, and we'll be back for another hour of Mortgage Matters. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk nine twenty and FM ninety six five every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. We come on the Snoop John B. My grandfather and me. Around Nassau Town. So broke up, I wanna go home. So hoist up the John B. sail and see how the main sail set. Come for the captain ashore, let me go home. Let me go home. Why don't they let me go home? All right, welcome back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim, what's this song about? It's about the Sloop John B. Shipwreck. Shipwreck. Yeah. The Beach Boys. I don't know. Literally what. just a dude that wants to go home, but his boat crashed? Yeah, basically. I believe. Anyway. Two members of the Beach Boys. Brian Wilson and Al Jardine. Anyway. Fidelity National Title sends this graph. Um, I get it from Shelly Gurney. Did you get that? Do you see that? Um, she fires it off on like a monthly basis, but it's like residential property sales data that that covers um, the last three years. Well, 17, 18, and then year to date of residential sales in the North County. I wish I could see this for the whole county because um, I'm just interested in it. But um, we could probably dig it out. You'd be better at finding it than this me. This is the title company? Um, yeah. Yeah. I get them for the scenic coast, for the north coast, and for slow. I don't know that I get the south county one. So this one shows basically, you know, how many units are selling. And this is, again, this is just North County. So this this covers Paso Robles, Atascadero, Templeton, Santa Margarita, and Shandon. And I know it's boring for radio to discuss line graphs, so I won't. <laughs> um, but July of 2019 is the first month, year-to-date, um, and over the previous two-year period where we had more homes sold in the North County than in the prior two years. So July of 2019, you know, it was 191 units in sales, 152 in 18, and 160 in 17. And that's the first time on this graph 
over that last two and a half year period now where the volume was greater than the prior two years. Kind of wild. There's a couple years where, you know, in fact, probably five-eighths of these are um, greater than the 2017 numbers. The 2019 numbers are greater than 2017 numbers. But so far through the year for the North County, we've been trailing to what we were um, accomplishing last year. Hmm. Um, but it's a kind of interesting, just seeing a little bit more volume of, of sales. And these are included. But less than last year. Yeah, um, except for July. So maybe, the, maybe it's not a fluke and we start to see just outperformance of last year. I think one of the things, you know, we've talked about this for a while now, but one of the things that lends itself to seeing – people be comfortable starting to make their move is being able to, to procure a lower interest rate. Um, you know, and again, if you have a house that you're mildly dissatisfied with because of something in the floor plan or the school district or the proximity to, you know, something or, you know, be it good or bad, and you were thinking about moving, but you had a three and a half percent interest rate from four years ago or five years ago, and um, you know last year this rate was five and a quarter. So you're just like, I'm just staying. But now that we're seeing interest rates get back into the threes, some of those people are going to be shook to action and say, okay, I, can I, get I wanted that rate to go. Again. Yeah, I can yeah. get that rate again. No, I'm gonna. No, my tax base is gonna change a little bit, but that's that's the cost. It's not the tax base and the interest cost. So, you know, I think some people will will feel that and want them to make a move, and you know, and maybe it kind of frees things up a little bit. What about this? Like your buddy who's cashing in the 401k in, you know, in hopes of avoiding, uh, you know weathering some downturn are are people you know isn't it also natural to think like well if this is the top of the market if things are in fact sell it go recessionary might as well get out at the top maybe rent for a couple years or something great that's a great counter argument to anybody that is talking about the stock market so why don't you sell your house and go rent then i mean i mean you're certainly not going to get relief on the monthly payment um because rents are pretty high too but you know, what if you're just, well, this is the top. I'm not going to ride it down like I did last time. Um, I remember meeting like one or two guys that like really did sell their real estate in 06 and allege, they allege right in hindsight, well, I just knew it. So I didn't buy again. And I, you know, I moved in with my girlfriend and just laughed at all these idiots and then bought four houses after the crash. Okay, that's just crazy dumb luck. I don't believe you could replicate that again. I also don't believe that, you know, you didn't write that in blood in 2004 that that was your plan. You're going to pay close attention to the signs and you're going to sell out at the ideal time, best time in history to cash in. Um, it's not, not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, that that's, that's an interesting idea. Maybe I wonder if there are people. Maybe someone will call us and tell us that that's your plan. Tell us that this is the peak of the housing market and you recognize it as such. 
And so you're selling and you're going to live in your car. <laughs> no one's going to live in car. Where are you going? I guess this is the That's difference. Extreme, Jason. <laughs> but where are you going, though? I mean, I'll tell you this, though. If you're close to retirement age or recently retired or trying to plan that whole thing um, and leaving California, it's not a bad time to make that play, is it? If you're going to a place where the weather sucks but the real estate's cheaper, might as well do it now. I mean... Sure. Again, I'm not suggesting that these values are going to go down, but um, you just might as well. I mean, we're we're peaky, right? Highest ever? Highest ever? All markets? Not all markets. No? I mean, around here, it feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think around here, for sure. Not every market. But you're going to sell it all and move out to the desert somewhere. That's a... Nice 120 plus out there right now. Well, damn, it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 now your mother and I can afford to run the air conditioners. <laughs> All four of them. <laughs> but you'll spend that money running the air conditioning that you would have saved living mm-hmm. on the coast. Well, yeah. no, because you got solar. Oh, I got it. Okay. Yeah. You can uh, live in your nice dark house that's what's funny yeah. about all those hot places is in the summertime it's so dark everywhere because everyone draws the blinds gotta and, lock you down <laughs> yeah you got to keep that sunshine out you know we had a heat spell this week was it hot in morro bay no it was foggy. uh it was right? nice for a couple days and then thursday woo, fog came in in a major way yeah when we have that when we have the fog out the studio this morning dan did you bring it in with us or what no today was was a high, you know, I, I'd call it overcast. Thursday yeah. was, yeah. it was like hard to see the front door from the driveway. Well, yeah. I, some, I live in Aurora Grande, so I have to take some of the blame for the fall. But you day. know when, you know, and this happens when it's pretty hot inland and it's it just, it's colder on the coast and that fog bank just settles in heavy and mm-hmm. keeps you guys wet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hot this week in North County, ran the air conditioner for a few days. Um, but like you're saying, it's dark. And that starts to affect the mood. <laughs> We're like, man, it's dark in here. And then the other thing that happens, Mel and I agreed, was like, uh, we had all the doors and windows locked with five humans and two dogs and somebody fried fish or whatever that smell is. <laughs> and you know, it just gets stuffy and it feels unclean. And you're just like, uh, it's 9 o'clock at night and I'm looking at the – the thermometer on the patio. I'm looking at the nest and I'm comparing because you sure as heck aren't going to turn off the AC. You know, it's set to whatever it's set at and it's warmer outside. You're going to kill the AC after running the thing for four hours. And then the house is going to start heating up even though it's fresh air. So basically you're just waiting for that equilibrium. When can I open the windows and just have the same temp inside outside as the outside temp drops and bring in the fresh air, let this stink out of my house, get that breeze blowing, turn go. these fans off. Yeah. Um, it's a, yes, yeah, so we, we totally had that this week and it was because it was a few days in a row and you just like locking it down in the afternoon. School started for us this week too. Did you have school? Monday is our start. But back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We started on Wednesday and, uh, 
Man, there you go. Thrust into it. Back to school shopping, school supplies, bedtimes, getting up early, brush your teeth. Did you brush your teeth? That was only four seconds. (laughs) Back to like hardcore dadding again. (laughs) Summertime is like you can just sort of ease up on the dadding a little bit. You're not going to be in your pajamas all day, are you? Now it's like, uh, you know, get up, get your stuff together. Clean up, brush your teeth. That's right. Got your stuff together. Yeah. Brush your teeth. There it is. <laughs> get your stuff. You get your shoes Car's on. Car's leaving in five minutes. Kids yeah. are like, go. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to miss school. <laughs> I actually don't have that problem this year because my oldest son is driving. He and my, you know, his younger brother to high school. And my daughter, who just started fifth grade, is so pumped about fifth grade. She wants to get there early. That's the bigger thing. <laughs> Can we go to school? Can we leave now? I'm like, I'm not taking you to school 45 minutes early. What do you need to do at school 45 minutes? I need to hang up my backpack and find my <laughs> friends and get ready. I'm like, no. We can leave in 20 more minutes after I get through the rest of this cup of coffee is when we can leave. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah, school started. We're in the swing of it. Just getting ready. Um, been really busy at work. Really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, fielding all of the phone calls. Um, I, I I thought I kind of wanted to do a little public service announcement. I guess, I guess maybe it's a... Uh, well, looky there. We'll have to postpone that public service announcement. Okay. Let me take a phone call. Tom and Aroyo. We got A.G. Tom. Welcome. All right. Yeah, yeah. Good morning. Uh, I, I just wanted to save you guys from your Cracker Barrel, barrel rambling. It was a bit much. Uh, I'm sure you got something more interesting you guys can speak of. Your rumor is you're both educated. Barely. Uh, well, <laughs> what I'm curious about is, okay, right now there's all sorts of, uh, I consider it, uh, well, who cares what I consider, um, stuff in the ether about a recession. Yeah. Okay. And that's going to affect interest rates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the rest of the world is not exactly in great financial positions. And money is, I mean, it's like a, like a fire hose into this country because, well, China's a mess. You have negative interest rates in Europe. And everyone on the planet wants to put money into the safe economy, and believe it or not, we're the safe economy. I believe it. Agreed. Um, my question is, I would like you to have a discussion about that and what you guys think, uh, is how it's effect it's going to have on interest rates into the next six months. Okay. We'll give it a go. Okay. I'll let you go. Bye. Uh, wow. We are the shining star of the world. Um, I was going to look economically. Up, I would. Say. Yeah, I was going to look up real quick. You know, um, highest debt by country in the world. Guess? <laughs> Do you have a guess of who it is? Gee, I wouldn't know. Pull up the Google box real quick. <laughs> I believe. Think it's us? I feel like it would be. Probably. Like yeah. Um, we have great credit though. We have, don't, don't so far, worry. So don't worry about all the debt. We have great credit. Dang. The U S leads the charts. Huh? 
Uh, what are we at now? 22, 23? Well, this was just debt per capita. Jeez. Uh, um, I want to find a, a couple. Here we go. We're going to get a, a list here of the top 10 countries. The most national debt? Mm. Wow, there's some money out there. Um, Japan has national debt of nine point zero eight trillion. Wow. This is all U.S. dollars, okay? Hmm. Uh, so that's, I mean, but that's nothing. Are man. they second? Uh, yeah. Wow. Looks like it. The U.S. has nineteen point two three trillion. <laughs> Twice. As, how old is this? Um, this is debt. 2019. Really? I thought yeah. we were at 22 or 23 trillion. Oh, I mean, I mean it could be outdated enough. We're probably at 24 trillion by this point. Maybe. There's the debt um, clock website. You can check that. But out. I mean, everybody else is probably moving somewhat similarly, right? But yeah, U.S. is up there for sure. Yeah. Um, anyhow, I, so here's the thing the U.S. has great credit, and we also have a system set up where. Uh, we're okay to take on debt. I mean, we have the highest debt levels we ever had, so hopefully this doesn't pop in anybody's face anytime soon. But yeah, if you're an investor looking at the place to put money safely somewhere in the U.S. or somewhere in the world into some investment, uh, what better than U.S. sovereign debt? Um, We've not defaulted on it before. We don't plan on defaulting on it now. Um, there are other countries that have defaulted on it, um, postponed interest payments, other various little tactics to try to keep things afloat while unable to service their debt. We've never had to do that. And so I think when you line it all out, it makes it to where it's just one of the safest places to put it. Now, and if other economies are struggling, if our own stock market is starting to show some weakness, the natural tendency that we always see is moving money to safety. Yeah, flight to safety. Right? And so that's that's where it goes. And agreed that our our debt is probably the safest out there. All twenty two and a half trillion of it. Um so yeah, what does that mean for the for rates? Well, we we're getting the break signal. Getting the break. So the only other thing I was going to say about it is the Tom had asked this question about how with the in the next six months with the Fed's lowering interest rate, how does it affect the U.S.? Tom, I got good news for you. If the debt is currently financed and being paid by growing debt because of deficit, deficit spending and, and increasing debt balances, um, having lower interest rates and being able to sell debt at lower yields today to keep the money coming in is only going to help us be able to pay outstanding obligation with a lower cost new debt, may have even present the opportunity to replace some of the other more expensive debt with currently less expensive debt. So for the short term, uh, I think we're the beneficiary of that. I think the the bigger fear comes if we don't wrangle the deficit spending, figure out how to balance a budget, figure out how to chip away at this debt. Then what happens when you see interest rates get up in the five, six, seven, eight percent range? Now you're having to finance debt into pay old debt with new um, higher cost money that then compounds the problem and, and you know drives everything into real trouble. So um, we're going to see the money move here as long as 
the fear is out there in those other countries. And, and you said negative interest rates in Europe. Yeah, there are some places in Europe that have negative interest rates. And what that really means to the layperson is you can buy this instrument, right? Get out of cash and buy this instrument where we give you $100 and in five years you give us back $98 or whatever for the sake of round numbers. Um, the U.S. is not doing that. You you can come in here and buy this, right, and, and hopefully make some kind of positive return. And this was my knock against the Fed in the last hour. This is what I worry about is that we're not in a recession and I know that there are lingering murmurs of recession, as Tom um, mentioned, that those are sort of floating around out in the media and, and kind of, I think, affecting the sentiment like you talked about at the beginning of the first hour. But um, we are not in a recession. I just want to be really clear about that. A recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. We do not have negative GDP. We're not even close to negative GDP. GDP is relatively strong. It's not growing anymore. It seems like it might be on the slide a little bit. We've also had a lot of things in flux, and it doesn't mean that next quarter we can't see an increased GDP. So um, I, I don't buy into the current or impending recession talk. I know we got some inverted yield curves and yeah, other I've things that, that freak us out about that. Um, and we talk about that a little bit more after the break. Right now, we got to take time out to pay the bills. So thanks, Tom, for uh, your call and and uh, kind of nice insult, I guess. And uh, we'll take a quick break. Me back here with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 Lowe. Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328-358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328-358. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We're both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness The boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces for a taste of your whiskey, I'll give you some advice. So I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bombed a cigarette and asked me for the light. And the night got deathly quiet, and his face lost all expression. Said, if you're going to play the game, boy. You gotta learn to play it right. There we go. You got to know when to hold. Oh, good call. It's like moving your IRA to cash. Know when to know when to fold them. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the deal is done. There you go. Right, fits on. Uh, I'll tell you, I am a poker player. I do like a little bit of gambling. Yeah. Always a good idea to count your money when you're sitting at the table. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Know where you are. Bankroll management is very important to gambling. There it is. Yeah. Especially in poker, idea, you, should be right? si- you should be counting your opponent's money at the table so you know how to pressure them and get it. Yeah. Right? So, sorry, Kenny. Not buying it. I will tell you, though, I've seen Kenny Rogers do the song live, and the place went off when he did it. I'm just saying, but. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. his, it's I mean, it's his song. song. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you want to talk about inverted yield curve any more in depth, or are you... I mean, I, I think it was an interesting event that happened. I think the the takeaways for me are that the ten year Treasury note is now hovering right around one and a half percent. So, and and then I, I guess looking forward. Um, and, and by the way, there's been inverted yield curve recently, but it was inverted on like the three month. And right. the six month. I didn't, this is the first time it crossed the two year. Right. Since 2007, which was obviously preceding the last recession, yeah. which, you know, I, I mean, honestly, it's not something that I study um, real closely. Our, our job is um, to provide excellent mortgage service to clients, and that's what we focus on. Sure. And that's what we're so very busy doing right now. Um but what we do is pay attention as much as we can to these indicators that help us advise clients on where rates are going. And one of the things we're seeing right now is an extremely low 10-year yield, which is the best indicator historically for the 30-year fixed mortgage rate. Right now, it's hovering right around 1.5%. It dipped below one5 for a short period of time that day when the 
the yield curve inverted for like four seconds. Um, and, and then looking forward, what, what we're hearing a lot of is, you know, obviously the Fed's still talking about rate cuts and getting influenced by the administration to further cut rates. Um, forecasts are for a quarter point rate cut in September, a quarter point rate cut in October, and a quarter point rate cut in December or January. Um, you know, they may choose to do something different. They may choose to do a half point rate cut here instead of a couple quarters. You know, who knows? But that's those are the forecasts currently. And then f- I, I've heard talk that the 10 year yield, we could see it start to get down around 1%. They said all time lows are likely in the future here. Very, very amazing that we're in this position right now. Well, and, but talking about that though, given that the Fed is, is cutting rates proactively to try to, um, they called it a mid, a mid cycle, um, adjustment, right? Where usually it's a move of, of not mid cycle. Uh, it's a move of, um, trying to curtail a behavior when you're moving rates you're really trying to curtail some these guys just kind of are acknowledging that when they may have overshot it slightly and making some some trim tab adjustments here might make a um a a little bit of a difference but i i wonder though if and again going back to this thing is that tool in the bag if you lower us close to zero and right now the target rate after you know by the end of 2021 is is for a 0% fed rate and we may not experience a a rescission by definition a recession by definition between now and then um so that being said if you then did enter a recessionary period you'd have no choice but to take negative interest rates, in which case a 1% 10-year yield is going to be pretty brilliant, isn't it? Sure. So I, I wonder if that is also playing just right into that and and, and causing all of this speculation while we just have to wade through, really through the end of the year, I think is what's going on. As far as the you know Fed overshooting talk that's out there, um, you know, it, hindsight's obviously – it's easy to criticize and and say who did what right and what wrong at the time. I mean, the economy was, was really seemed to be picking up steam. I mean, it's still, in my opinion, but Dan, still we had, hasn't, isn't slowing but Dan, down. We so had much. conversations then about, and you remember, I used to ask you this question. We had great conversation about this. Is the U S from the consumer level all the way up to the total U S economy and then plug into the global picture here, are we addicted to low interest rates? I think we are right now. I think the thing that was hard to predict so much was just how much struggle we would see from Europe and from these other economies that seem to be, you know, I mean, Europe's been, there's, I think it was Germany just reported a negative GDP. I mean, this has been going on now for over 10 years there. Why, why aren't they recovering? Um, China's, you know, turning down after they were real hot there for a while. I don't know that all these things were necessarily expected. And and there is something to be said for not getting too far away from the rest of the world as far as interest rates go. Um, I think 
you get too far away. You get dollars well, strength issues, and it affects importing exporting numbers. And you don't, you know, that hurts the local economy. You know, our national economy that way too. So you want to kind of stay in line and and be able to be able to have as balanced of trade as you can. I want to talk to you real quick. Um, I, I'm going to name drop Kurt Kennedy only because. Ugh. Um, I don't there think he'd care if he was listening right <laughs> now. And I don't doubt people that are listening to the show know our good buddy, Kurt. Um, I, I want to use him as an example because when, when you and I were wet behind the ears and first into the mortgage business, um, this dude was crushing it. And he had uh, you know, all the wealth, all the glamour, loan <laughs> officer extraordinaire, you know, just shaking hands, kissing babies and cashing checks. I just remember thinking, man, this dude is on top of the world. Um, now, I also remember um, I've always sort of thought about him because he's not in the business anymore. And when he left the business, he said, ah, I, uh, I rode this wave down from the Carter administration all the way into the dirt, and I refied my people from the double digits down to three, and there ain't nowhere to go from here, so I'm getting out of this business. Now I know better than that. I know we got new licensing. We got new education requirements. You had to get dual license. It was kind of a pain in the butt. Some of those old dudes were just tired of the rigmarole, and lending was just getting harder. I think that played into it too, but I'll go back to this thing. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to the 80s. We just get a start interest rate at 10%. And it's fun if you got a if you're not driving, if you got a laptop or a you know, some sort of tablet or phone in front of you, just Google it, US interest rate history, you know, from the eighties or something like that. And take a look at this graph, y'all. Uh it's a downward slope from there to here. We got a we got a few chops in it, but if you straight lined it like to try to average it out, it's just a huge decline. We go from ten percent, nine percent, eight percent, seven percent, six percent, five percent. Now, in between there, you could grab a couple spots where we went from six to six and three quarters or from five to six or whatever. But the bottom line is is it, it just slashes from top to bottom. And I bring up Kurt because this is a dude that um had the benefit of that, right? Buy your house, it appreciates, rates fall, family grows, bigger house, lower rates, better payment, wealth accumulated, investment property, rates drop, wealth accumulated, refi, just kids born, you know, kids graduate, kids buy a house, you know, just the whole way through, family loans, the just dude rode this thing from top to bottom, one of the, the few people that I know that I've got to kind of see do that all the way down to where I'd say was hitting rock bottom, which I'm just going to call is a 30-year fix at three and a quarter. We're not far from that today. We tried to get off of it. At one point, we hit our high watermark of about five and a quarter, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder if that conversation's worth talking about is that we are addicted to low interest rates and we can't... Um, we can't get away from it, and the raising of them is too painful, especially in, you know, that housing is one of the most basic human needs, and we're running out of land, we're running out of labor, we're running out of materials, we're running out of natural resources, it's getting more expensive because in spite of all that, we keep increasing the demands, the red tape, the environmental 
um, exactions that we make on developments and builders and homeowners. And um, it's just getting more and more expensive. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I think the first job I had was for three sixty five an hour, maybe three eighty five, something like that. Um, Today there's talks like if you like what's minimum wage I don't know and we don't even have an employee we pay minimum wage I don't think we ever have I don't really know what is it eight bucks it's nine different bucks, if you're federal. an employer of thirty people or not uh, it's like twelve if you're under thirty and thirteen if you're over thirty but I know that but from I what I twelve bucks now but from where I hear for businesses that have sure. less than thirty employees I think so. Yeah, from what I hear out there, though, everybody wants fifteen. That seems to be like the that's what they need, and let's get them there. And um, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. I don't care to have right now. But bottom line is, um, it's been this great big huge run. What's getting cheaper in your life, buddy? Anything? I think in the current environment, low rates are almost a necessity to be able to afford things. If we could get ahead of the curve, as far as Unit housing units, or as far as wage growth, if we could get ahead of the curve, then people could obviously afford higher rates. But right now, with the way things are, it's you they're necessary just to keep things borderline affordable. Um, you know, especially homes. Yeah, can I'm, we get ahead of the curve again? I don't think so. <laughs> and that I think is what leads to the addiction. Is it's too painful. To try to gradually hike them up because every time we do it, it, it and especially now too, where um, I think people, the average American just knows now that, well, you just got to wait a little while. You know, if you don't own a house right now, are you thinking about hopping in? Um, probably. At the same time, are you nervous that you're buying at the peak? Probably. Um what are you going to do about it, though? It's housing. Do you need to buy or not? Can you afford to buy or not? Rent's going up, you know, that whole thing. But I just feel like uh, if it gets more expensive, then then maybe you do just stand pat for a year or two. Just wait. See if it comes down. See if you get lucky. If not, it's always moved to Nevada. Go to Vegas or something. I don't know. All right. We got to do the final commercial break. I do have some uh, housing numbers and other other things to discuss. So let's uh, let's do it. We'll do the last break here of the show and be back in just a minute with more mortgage matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Heading out to San Francisco For the Labor Day weekend show I got my hush puppies on I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll And honey, I didn't know That I'd be missing you so Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be home. I just don't play Jimmy Buffett enough on this show. I just had to get some Jimmy in there today. I'm sorry. I just like the song. You Parrothead? Yeah, I'm a Parrothead, for sure. This is a real soothing voice. Oh, isn't he great? I would. He's one that I haven't seen that I want to see. I've he's never. I've not seen him either. Yeah, I would definitely. Stop, I would see him. I would definitely and stop down and see a Jimmy Buffett for sure. Let's tell him to come to the Santa Barbara Bowl. I think it'd be a great place <laughs> to see him yeah. within striking distance. Yeah, I'll pull some strings at the Midstate Fair. I don't want to see him at the you fair. I'd rather fair? see him at the bowl. Okay, I don't like shows bowl. at the yeah, fair that okay. much. Yeah, that's true. I'd see him at Vina Robles, but yeah. I think that's not big enough. No, probably not. <laughs> anyway, we got a call on. Do you want to take? The call? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. we got uh, the infamous Greg Astle. Oh, Greg. How are you doing? 423 sold. There it is. Sold, yeah. 543 sold. That's it. 543? 
No, two four, three four. No, that's, that's your number. I'm sorry, four two three. <laughs> 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 we're we're five four three loan. You're four two three sold. That's right. <laughs> there that's, you go. That's it. Thank you for the, for reminding me. How often I that acronym anymore? And I and uh, Jason used to call me the most important T in real estate. That's right. Right. So, hey, listen. Make to sure your, you uh, say that T. <laughs> that T is very critical. You can get into trouble. I've been getting into you know hot water all my life with that name, but that's a different subject. Hey, interest rates. Been listening to your show, and you know, I I got into the business in 1978 when the uh, first trustee rate was ten and three quarters. There you go. And people used to people used to talk about the good old days of eight percent, right? <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, right. We'll never see that again. But here's my question today. In this atmosphere of, you know, low rates and, you know, as you have said, we've been on the decline here for, what, almost two decades, it seems like. And, um, four. Uh, four, Greg, four. But go ahead, as you were, as you were. <laughs> Get a little, getting a little see now. Um, uh, why is it that consumer credit rates, namely credit card interest, Mm-hmm. How is it that the banks are getting away with loan sharking? Uh, it's it seems predatory in nature, and I, I usually am pretty surprised at it because, um, man, you're you're just you're kicking somebody when they're down with a twenty four point nine nine credit card rate, right? Well, we've we've all got that. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Or I mean, I do, and it's. How how do the the banks rationalize that? Well, you would think if there's if, if you could run a business offering consumer credit at a lower rate, there's obviously a lot of opportunity there. So maybe it's just not possible to run that business charging lower rates of interest. Well, I got to tell you, you really as, think that's the case? I well, I don't know. I don't know enough about the credit card. Business. I've never worked in a bank that does consumer credit like that. Um, however, I've looked at more credit reports than you could run and jump over. Um, For years and years and years and years and years, I've looked at thousands, tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of credit reports. And, um, man, there's a a pretty alarming rate of people, and it seems like it happens somewhere in your 20s where people would get that Sears card and drop a few thousand bucks on it and then never pay it. And, um, you just, you see that, that phenomena happen. So I got to imagine that some of it, like Dan says, if it's a profitable business, that's manageable enough where it's obviously a big business. Right. And for those of us, by the way, um, I I use a credit card every month, uh, pay it in full every month. I have a couple, I pay them completely off every single month. I pay no interest to the bank ever. And then I get rewards back that are basically them kicking back some of that transaction fee as a perk for allowing them to be the carrier. So for those of us that are using it that way, they're not necessarily making the money off of us. They're making the money off of those people that are in the tight spot carrying the high balance. But those are the same demographic that's on the tightrope and may fall. The other thing you have to think about credit card which is unsecured debt versus secured debt like mortgage and auto where the rates are much lower 
is that there's right. collateral that you can lose, you go can take back. It. You can recover it and at least get some of your money back as the creditor. Whereas with the consumer credit, it's unsecured. If someone defaults on that debt, at you know, at best, they'll go bankrupt and hopefully you'll get something from it. But a lot of times you'll get zero from it. So you're just right. out all that. So there, I think that's why they have to charge such high rates of interest. Do you, are the, are there any publications as to you know what the ratio is of consumers who use their credit like Jason does versus those who run up extremely high balances and keep those balances high and are paying that in ridiculously uh, high interest rates? Unfortunately, I think it's going to fall more in line with that like eighty twenty rule. As I think the majority of people, you know, because I think a lot of a lot of people that are um, don't really have the discretionary income and are working kind of living more hand to mouth maybe are um, have to do the things like don't use the credit card because when the bill comes, it's always more than you anticipated. And then it puts you into a corner and it only takes one month of not being able to get that thing down. And now you're caught in that cycle. And a lot of people experience that in their twenties or thirties or in a recession or a layoff or you know, or something. And unfortunately, I, I bet you that you've got a small bit of the population of people that use them like we use them. You've got a little bit bigger population of people that don't use them at all. And then the lion's share of the population are the people that are wrangling debt. I mean, household debt is at all time high now. I think the real yeah. predatory right. part isn't necessarily the rate of interest, but the fact that consumer credits being extended to people that don't have discretionary income. So now you're allowing those people to acquire debt when they don't have the discretionary income to pay it off. That's, well, that's where the real problem and is. And the law trails behind, and I don't doubt it's because the banks are influencing you know, the, the policies here nationally, but um, you know, one of the laws they passed a few years ago was talking about minimum amortization, right? But then also the disclosure requirements of on every statement that you'd have to say, if you make this payment, this is how long it will take you to pay off. This is when you'll hit pay off. And if you make this payment, this is when you'll hit pay off. And um, I don't know if you ever look at those. Those numbers are crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah. You get a $2,000 credit card bill, and if you make the minimum payment, it will take you 30 years to pay the <laughs> thing like off. Having a mortgage on consumer purchases. It's insane. What? Hey, Greg, yeah. we only have a few minutes left. Did you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on in the real estate market? Well, uh, the biggest thing that's going on in the real estate market in my world is I'm a Patterson agent uh, and soon to become a Compass Agent. Oh, what's this? You guys talked about that at all? No, we haven't. We haven't We're talked talking. about it yet. But uh, I, I want, I wanted either, I, I wanted to bring uh, one of an ambassador of the company here on the show. I mean, we have a rich right. history with Patterson, but I, I wanted to be able to dedicate some real time to it because um, yeah. I, Dan and I did talk about. It. I just mouthed to Dan. I told you about that, right? <laughs> Um, and it felt shocking to both of us, and I don't think either of us have received a sufficient explanation yet. Um, but yeah, what? Give me, give me like a one-minute version here. We only have three minutes left to show, so you got to go fast. And then, okay. and then well, I'm going to okay, promise I'll... you guys a segment here in the near future where we can get into the weeds on this. Yeah, I, uh, real quickly, I am not an expert on 
neither Compass nor what brought the uh, transaction around. All I can tell you is that Compass uh, has arrived on the scene nationally. They're based in New York City. They arrived on the scene nationally about, you know, sometime in the last four to five years and really have started making inroads in California in the last two to three years. And they're really taking the state by storm. Some of the, some of the, uh, Wes Burke quoted me, and I'm uh, I'm not sure if I'm completely accurate on this, but something close to a third of the the active licensees in California are now under the uh, Compass banner. Holy uh, cow! They're just, they're, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure that that's accurate, but I, I believe that's what he said. Um, they're just you know taking names and numbers and just doing incredible. Uh, you know, market absorption, and um, I just got back from a trip down to the uh, San Diego County area and with a stop in Santa Barbara. Huge presence in both of those places. The biggest producer in the Santa Barbara uh, market who's got properties like Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch and properties of that elk, $17 million list price, that type of thing, just left Berkshire Hathaway to join Compass. Um, That kind of thing is just happening like wildfire everywhere. And I know they approached Patterson sometime in the past six months or so, and that they've been going back and forth with negotiations and finally just inked a deal here in the last couple of weeks. And the announcement was just made last week to the, to our whole group. So I, uh, yeah, I want to have one of you guys on to talk in depth about that. I'm sure it's, um, I, I'm super curious. I need to hear some of the details about. You know, just the forward-facing, how it affects your guys' clientele and the way that you're doing business. But we're out of time today. And, Greg, appreciate your call, um, as always, and uh, take care. All right, you too. See ya. Um, Yeah, so we talked a lot about rates. We talked a lot about, uh, you know, economy and all these things today. And I I just want to remind people that, um, as was the case when we were starting the show and fighting our way into the – you know, the market way back when, um, at the end of the day, there's not a lot that you're going to do, Dan. You're not going to move or affect what's going on big time with all this stuff. But really, there's a tremendous value here. We're seeing now, we're starting to see the numbers about the millions of dollars that can be saved by way of interest for all these different markets. And we're looking to help people with that. So if you want that help, if you want to talk about a refi, if you want to look at shortening your term, whatever your financing options may be, we'd love to hear from you. Centralcoastlending.com or 543 Loan, which is 543-5626. Thanks much for being with us today. We will be back with another live episode next week and uh, hope you will join us. Take care.